Good morning, church. On behalf of my beautiful wife, Jewel, I'd just like to say how honored we are to be with you this weekend. It's, it's a return home for us. Um, I spent some very uh, enjoyable years uh, on staff at Loma Linda University Church as the pastor for care and counseling. Um, Randy Roberts was Randy one and I was Randy two. <laughs> but uh, my wife was also uh, on staff at the, uh, at the academy, Loma Linda Academy in the development and uh, admissions. And uh, she remembers many trips over to Azure Hills Church <laughs> to bring different communications and had a chance to get to know Pastor Tara. You have a wonderful staff here. Beautiful music. Thank you for the music. That's such a great way to uh, prepare to stand up and give a message is to be inspired with beautiful music. But we're just so glad to be here. We live in Northern California, uh, up in the foothills just outside of Auburn. My wife and I recently built a home up there. And uh, we're just really glad to be with you. We have three adult children who are married and six grandchildren, uh, one of which, our second to youngest, Avalon Brielle, she celebrated her sixth birthday yesterday in style. She went to Disneyland <laughs> to celebrate her birthday. And we got some wonderful pictures of her and the different princesses around the campus. Thank you, Katura, for reminding us that words matter. Words do matter, don't they? Words are the, the currency of communication. We use words to express how we think. We use words to communicate how we feel. We use words to ask questions. We use words to give directions. We use words to explain things. We use words to encourage and affirm. We use words to criticize and devalue. We use words to communicate approval and disapproval. We use words to communicate delight and disapproval. We use words to express our heartfelt appreciation to others. Each one of our relationships, whether it be personal or professional, hinge on the words that we say. This is true for intimate relationships. This is true for parent-child relationships. This is true for friendships. This is true for leadership and teamwork and coaching relationships. Words matter. Whether at work or at home, every thriving relationship is built on the wise use of words. And the opposite is also true. When we use words the wrong way, healthy connection breaks down. Alignment is compromised. Relationships are damaged, and the health and happiness of any marriage, family, 
our work relationship suffers. I'm wondering, I see a few gray hairs around the building, like me. I wonder if you remember who won the Grammy Award for Best Female Artist in 1976. It was my freshman year in high school at Monterey Bay Academy, and Janice Ian's melancholy ballad, At 17, took the country by storm. Do you remember these words? I learned the truth at 17, that love was meant for beauty queens and High school girls with clear skin smiles who married young and then retired. The Valentines I never knew. The Friday night charades of youth were spent on one more beautiful. At 17, I learned the truth. And those of us with ravaged faces lacking in the social graces desperately remained at home inventing lovers on the phone who called to say, come dance with me in murmured vague obscenities. It isn't all it seems at 17. A brown-eyed girl in hand-me-downs whose name I never could pronounce said, Pity, please, the ones who serve, they only get what they deserve. And the rich relationed hometown queen marries into what she needs with a guarantee of company and haven for the elderly. Remember those who win the game, lose the love they sought to gain in debentures of quality and dubious integrity. Their small-town eyes will gape at you in dull surprise when payment due exceeds accounts received at 17. To those of us who knew the pain of Valentines that never came, and those whose names were never called when choosing sides for basketball, it was long ago and far away. The world was younger than today when dreams were all they gave for free to ugly duckling girls like me. We all play the game, and when we dare to cheat ourselves at solitaire, inventing lovers on the phone, repenting other lives unknown, they call and say, come dance with me and murmur vague obscenities at ugly girls like me at 17. That song spent over 20 weeks on Billboard's Top 100 chart as one of the most popular songs in the nation. And I wonder why. Is it possible that it was because everywhere there were young girls and, yes, women of all ages who could relate to the painful experience of, of feeling unattractive, unlovable, unwanted, and all too often because of words, words 
that someone spoke to them. Words really do matter. A wise man by the name of Solomon had a whole lot to say about what we say and how we say it. In fact, the tongue, the mouth, the lips, and words are mentioned over 150 times in the book of Proverbs. Words have so much influence as they can literally change a person's life. Listen to this. This is Proverbs 18:21. The tongue Solomon says, has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So I invite you, if you have your Bible app on your phone, or if you have a Bible hard copy in front of you, grab your Bibles. Let's Let's turn to the book of wisdom and look, first of all, at the wrong use of the tongue. First, we're going to look at deceit and flattery. This is Proverbs chapter 28, verse 23. The writer says, He who rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with the tongue. <laughs> What is flattery? It's, it's nothing more than insincere compliments spoken with ulterior motives. It is excessive praise given out in order to gain the favor of someone in our life. Solomon says, stay away from it. Secondly, we're going to look at gossip and slander. This is Proverbs chapter 18, verses 7 and 8. It goes like this. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a whisperer are like the dainty morsels, and they go down into the innermost part of the body. Proverbs has a lot to say. If you've ever made your way through the book, it has a lot to say about the gossiping tongue and how incredibly destructive it can be in our lives. It can be very difficult to get rid of, Solomon says, because it feeds on something deep within us. Hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Guess what so-and-so did? Interesting. It's interesting that all the Bible writers have some of their harshest words for the issue of gossip. Gossip is telling a secret. It is sharing something spoken to us in confidence without the other person's permission or spreading a rumor about someone just to benefit ourselves. Those people in your life who can be trusted, who can keep things in confidence, they are hard to find, but they are a treasure when you do. 
I hope and pray that this community of faith here at Azure Hills is filled with people who can be trusted. Number three, arguments and anger and complaint. This is Proverbs 29, 22. An angry man stirs up strife <laughs> and a disagreeable woman commits many sins. Now, I want to differentiate between these kinds of words from having a difference of opinion. A very wise man once told me, if two people agree on everything, someone has stopped thinking. Intelligent and thoughtful people are open to different viewpoints. It is the person who disagrees and in the process is angry and hostile and stubborn in their spirit. This is what breaks relationships down and, in fact, is displeasing to the Lord. It's just not a question of whether you disagree with that person that you care about in a relationship, but are you able to disagree without being disagreeable? How much of this arguing and anger and complaint pervades our homes, our churches, our places of work? Number four, boasting. Let's move over to Proverbs 25, verse 14. A very wise man says, like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of his gifts falsely. That's a funny thing how desperate we are sometimes to get noticed by other people. You know, it, it, how we long to impress the people around us. That never happens at church, though, does it? You know how it goes. We throw subtle hints. We, we feed on compliments. We even tend to, can you imagine, brag in spiritual language? Hmm. I'm sure you may have encountered that a time or two. This can be pervasive in some religious groups. Maybe you've heard the expression, we have the truth. Hmm. There's a wonderful statement from Paul about this. Paul writes these words, one of my favorite passages in Scripture. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. By the way, how's that going for you right now? Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Do you think Paul really meant what he said? Do you think he really thought about what he was writing here? What would it look like for you in your life, in your relationships, at your place of work to let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth how much would you have to cut down on the rate of speaking to get to no unwholesome word coming out of your mouth here's the full statement if you'd like to look at it it's ephesians 4 29 
Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, says the Apostle Paul, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit, the Greek word is the same for grace, that it may grace those who listen. Let me, let me walk through that one more time. It's such a precious passage. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit or add grace to those who listen. That is, Paul says, what tangible love in relationships looks like. Now, in your mind's eye, I want you to just think for a moment of a few key people in your life right now. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a partner or spouse, maybe it's one of your children, maybe somebody at work, maybe somebody... <laughs> in this room right now. What specific words could you imagine yourself offering this week that might build them up according to their needs so that you could add the gift of grace to their lives? Now let's flip the coin over and let's look at the way our tongue can affirm and build others up. Number one, wise counsel and advice. This is Proverbs chapter 15, verse 7. The lips of the wise spread knowledge and understanding. How can any of us adequately measure the incredible benefits that we have received from wise and timely counsel? Can you relate to that in your life? Especially a person who can bring God's viewpoint into the conversation. Oh, that is of such inestimable value. Number two. Reproof, rebuke, or exhortation. Careful, this is a difficult one. Proverbs 27, verse 6 says this. The kisses of an enemy may be profuse, but listen carefully. Faithful and true are the wounds of a friend. That sounds a bit painful, doesn't it? But it is a beautiful and valuable thing. How important are those in our lives who bring us correction and accountability? I have such a friend in Northern California. I meet with him on a weekly basis. He provides both support and accountability in my life. Can you think back on a situation where someone wisely yet firmly brought this into your life. Maybe it was a parent. 
Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was a friend. So that you could become a better person because of it. Number three, words of affirmation and comfort. Oh, this is, a, this is a prize in Proverbs. I hope you circle this one, or I hope you, you highlight it in your, in your Bible app. This is Proverbs 25, 12. Like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in the right circumstance. Isn't that beautiful? Like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in the right circumstance. Gold and silver, two of our most precious commodities in society. This is, according to the wisest man who walked the earth, this is how valuable an encouraging word can be in your life. It's the right word spoken at the right time to the right person in the right spirit. Wow. See how it can bring healing and change to every one of your relationships. So my question to you today is, do you regularly express words of positive affirmation and encouragement to those that you love most? To those who are of value to you, maybe to those people that you work with each and every day. This next week, you will encounter some challenges in your life. You're going to encounter some struggles, maybe some disappointments in your interactions with other people. Oh, you can get impatient with them. You can become reactive or judgmental if you want. Or you could just hit the pause button and say a little prayer. Help me, Father, to breathe life into these next words. I love the sound of this next proverb. This is Proverbs 16:24. The writer says, Gracious words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Isn't that beautiful? Gracious and affirming words are compared to honey and said to be sweet and healing. Simple words that are kind and loving can make someone's day or even, I would suggest, change the trajectory of their life. In his fine book, Seven Habits for Highly Effective People, author Stephen Covey writes these words. Satisfied needs do not motivate people. Next to physical survival, the greatest need of a human being is psychological survival. It is to be understood to be affirmed, to be validated, to be appreciated. Those are good words. 
Some of you know the story of the life-giving friendship between two of history's great authors, C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. Lewis credits the affirming influence of Tolkien for his conversion to the way of Jesus. And Tolkien was highly influenced by Lewis encouraging him to write The Lord of the Rings. It was Lewis's encouragement that spurred J.R.R. Tolkien on toward what has become a literary masterpiece read by millions of people all over the world. And if I had the opportunity to talk with Pastor Tara, with one of your other pastors, I'm quite sure that they would be able to identify some of you here at Azure Hills Church who have the special gift of encouragement for breathing life into the lives of the people you worship with, the people you serve with, the people you laugh with and play with, the people that you pray with. I want to close with a story about a guy named Johnny the Bagger. Business leadership consultant Kenneth Blanchard relates the story a number of years ago at a John Maxwell leadership conference. The story was originally written by Barbara Glanz. Barbara's a corporate consultant and a speaker, and she was talking one time to a group of 3,000 frontline workers for a supermarket chain, like truck drivers and cashiers and, and stalkers. She was talking about the power of encouragement. She had posters with positive and encouraging sayings plastered all over the wall. That is what she does when she does this talk, just to talk about the power of an affirming word in the lives of the people that you work with. She talked about how every interaction they would have with another person is a chance to create a memory, a chance to bless somebody's life, a chance to speak a word of healing, or as Solomon puts it, apples of gold and settings of silver. She told some stories about how this could happen, and then she went back home. This is what Barbara writes. About a month later, I got a call from a frontline customer contact person, a 19-year-old bagger named Johnny. The caller who proudly informed me that he had Down syndrome told me his story. Barbara, I really liked what you talked about, but I didn't think I could do anything special for our customers. After all, I'm just a bagger. Then he had an idea. He decided every night when he came home from work, he would find a really good thought for the day, a really affirming message for that next day. If he couldn't find one someplace, well, then he would just make one up. 
then every night he and his dad would sit down by the computer and his dad would help him enter the saying six times on one page on a computer and then Johnny would sit there and he would print off 50 pages. And then carefully he would take a pair of scissors and cut off 300 copies and then he would sign his name to each and every one. Then he would put the stack of them next to him while he worked the next day, and every time that he finished bagging someone's groceries, he would put that saying on the top of the last bag. And then he would stop, and he would look that person right in the eye, and he would say, I put an encouraging saying in your bag. I hope it helps you have a good day. Thank you so much for coming in. That was Johnny the bagger. A month later, Barbara got a call from the store manager who said, Barbara, you won't believe what is happening here. I was making my rounds, and when I got to the cashier's line, the line at Johnny's checkout was three times longer than anybody else's. It went all the way down the frozen food aisle. So he got on the loudspeaker to get more checkout lines open, but they couldn't get any of the customers to move away from Johnny's line. They all said, that's okay, that's okay. We'll wait in line. We want to be in Johnny's line. One woman came up to him and she grabbed his hand and she said, I used to shop in your store once a week and now I come in every time I drive by because I want to see Johnny. I want to get Johnny's loving message for the day. Do you know who the most important person in that grocery chain is? Yeah, it's Johnny the bagger. He's not at the top of the org chart. He's for sure not making the most money, but he is the most important person in that store. A few months later, the manager called Barbara back and he said this, Barbara, you are not going to believe this. Johnny has completely transformed our store. He is changing the culture of our store. When the floral department has a broken flower or an unused corsage, they used to just throw it in the trash. Now they go out into the aisles and they find maybe an elderly woman or a little girl and they pin it on her. The guys who make our shopping carts are working on wheels that actually work. The whole culture of our store has been transformed. Every time I hear that story, it wipes me out. Every time I hear it. In every interaction of your life, with every person in your life. May you be known for your life 
affirming, encouraging, gold in settings of silver words. Let's pray. Father, when we think of encouragement, we think of someone like Barnabas, formerly Joseph, but named Barnabas because he was known as the son of encouragement. And what an impact he had on the early church. What an impact in in being instrumental in the calling of Paul, in being instrumental in, in saving John Mark from disappointment. And Father, we're just so thankful for people in our lives like Barnabas. We're so thankful for people in our lives like Johnny the Bagger. May the words that we speak to one another in each and every setting be words that build each other up according to their needs that we might add the gift of grace to their lives jesus through your spirit will you enable us to provide those life-affirming words of life to the people that we are engaged with each and every day of our lives. I pray for this community of faith at Azure Hills, that it would be a place that is known in this region as a community of faith filled with encouraging people. Thank you for the power that you give to us through your Holy Spirit to do what we cannot do in our own strength, to provide the right words to the right person at the right time, in the right way, in the right spirit. God, to this end, we seek your blessing. In Jesus' name, and everyone said together, amen. Thank you for your time.